Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. Special treat for you. Probably one of the most influential conservatives on the planet, someone who has influenced me more than almost any other conservative thinker out there, Dennis Prager, host of The Dennis Prager Show, the national radio program. Dennis Prager is a dear friend and someone who cares deeply about our country and defeating the left. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had recently. Before we get into it, I want to thank those of you that support our program that allows us to have incredible guests. For those of you that go to charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support, please consider becoming a monthly supporter of our program at charliekirk.com slash support. Dennis Prager is here, everybody. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, Film reels and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or cloud. I love Legacy Box. All my family's archives, my ancestors that fought in the Civil War and that fought in the Revolutionary War, now I have all their pictures on Legacy Box. Are your family's memories trapped on an old camcorder tape or film reels? Was your favorite childhood memory caught on film or videotape and maybe it disappeared and you're regretful for that? Well, do something about it by going to Legacy Box. It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie and get 40% off your first order. You just mail it in, they catalog it, send all the originals back to you, and a digital file. Do you need to rescue your recorded memories but haven't had any time to know where to start? Do you want these irreplaceable moments forever? Have them digitally preserved so they stand the test of time and can be passed down for generations to come. Get back perfectly preserved digital copies on a thumb drive. It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you're ready. Legacy. Box.com slash Charlie. Save 40% while supplies last. Hey, everybody. Super thrilled to have this episode of the Charlie Kirk Show to present to you today. A friend of mine and someone who I have learned from more than any other person in the conservative movement in a variety of different ways. I have watched every single one of his fireside chats, and I catch as much of his daily radio show as I possibly can. Dennis Prager. Dennis, welcome officially to The Charlie Kirk Show. It's great to be with you. And if I have touched your life, then it has been a life well spent. Well, that's that's very kind. And I have I've read your your book on happiness, and I'm trying to get through your Bible commentary. Not that it's not that it's difficult to read, it's just I'm doing it with such intentionality and I keep, you know, getting through. Well, my view is that if I don't have at least one life-changing idea per page, I failed. 
Well, th- there, there's a lot of truth to that. So I get to the eighth page and I'm questioning whether or not I'm running my life correctly. And so I'm like this far through it. And then I ta- I'm taking voluminous notes. So um, that's great. So there, there's a lot happening in our country. And I want to ask you about that. And I also want to ask you about some things that I've um, heard you say okay. multiple times and just kind of get more context on it, uh, especially on how to live a good life, which is a focus of your life's work to try to create good people, which I think is a phenomenal mission statement for a country that we have been missing uh, so greatly. Let's start with this, though, Dennis. Do you, uh, in the last couple weeks, in the last six weeks, we have seen America grow uh, into more discord and unrest, a lot of which you predicted um, years ago in your incredible uh, writings and your book, it was still the still the last hope. Is that correct? Is that the still the best hope? Still the best yeah. hope, where you talk about the American Trinity, and you aptly said in your book, you describe the left better than I have seen anyone else describe it. Where they take their protests, they take their rituals with the same sort of intensity and the same sort of seriousness that a religious person would take a religious ritual. This is a religion to the left. It really is. So I guess Dennis, let's start with this. Are you more or less optimistic about the future of America in, after what you've seen in these last couple months? I have a policy of answering questions honestly, as opposed to uh, what is most effective. Uh, so it's more effective to say I'm optimistic, but I'm not. I'm less optimistic, but I need to add something unbelievably important. It doesn't matter. I don't fight one whit less because I'm less optimistic. Did the guys who stormed Normandy Beach, were they optimistic? Why would they be peeing in their pants on, on the landing strip uh, if, they were, if they were optimistic? You don't fight only when you're optimistic. It's when, it's when things look bad that the fighting is most necessary. Did Washington fight only when it looked good? I mean, you know, people ask me this, and your question is entirely appropriate. But when people ask me this, I know that part of their thinking is, do I give up? Do I give up is not the same as am I optimistic. That I'm not optimistic doesn't allow me to give up. All good people in history would have given up if the issue were determined solely by the question of optimism. Uh, America, the, the American dream is losing. I mean, to deny that is, is to be an idiot. And I'm not an idiot, so I, I can't deny it. I mean, we are bathing in, in lies because truth is not a left-wing value. Uh, by the way, I, I am glad you said it because I, I feel self-conscious, but I have to say it. If, if, if your viewers want to understand the left, they should read my book, Still the, Still the Best Hope, and to understand America. Yes. It, it's, I, I think it, it's the, there are a lot of great books, but it's the best describing them both in one book. And, and uh, I, I said exactly, America stands for three things, the American Trinity, In God we trust, liberty, e pluribus unum. The left hates all three. It has gotten rid of God. Uh, It it totally, the whole point is to get rid of e pluribus unum out of many one. The point is, uh, Thomas Friedman of the New York Times. Out of many, many. 
Yes. <laughs> Did I predict this or not? That's exa- they hate the out of many one. The, the, to them, they don't even, this generation, I don't even know if your generation ever heard of it, the melting pot. Mm-hmm. This is, I was raised that America is a melting pot. That is a dirty word. You can say the F word on the left, but you can't say the M word, me- melting pot. Uh, but that's what, if we're not a melting pot, it's over. If we don't all become American, that doesn't mean you lose whatever cultural identity you have. I speak Hebrew fluently. My kids went to Jewish uh, day schools, but but we're 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 through and through American. Uh, I'm I'm in an area where I broadcast from an area in California where more Armenians live than anywhere except Armenia. They send their kids to Armenian schools, but they're crazy about America. Yes, that's fine. That doesn't matter. You can have your cultural issues, but or or, or uh, expressions. But you, but they don't want us to all be American. Well, I, you're, I, you're black. Yeah. Capital B. That's right. And I think, Dennis, your, your answer by saying it's not an excuse to give up, that's correct. A lot of people ask that. They say, hey, Dennis, can I check out now? Is it okay since things that, are going so horribly? That's what the question really means. Yes. Are you up? If you only fight when you're optimistic, we don't need you. That's right. Well, and I think there is a second part of the question, though, why I ask it. Which I think we have to be honest, because there's an there's an equal as many people though that are complacent, that think that things just work in cycles that will go back. Great point. And so I. That's a great point. Yeah, no, you're entirely right. Yeah, uh, that's you've given me a good reason to honestly say why I'm not optimistic. You can't be complacent. Don't take America for granted. We can lose it. And, And a lot of people do, and they believe because things have gone rather well for our country in the last couple decades that we have this inevitability to self-correct or it's gone good for this country for the last 200 years it's yes except for the civil war well uh, this this country's been blessed and 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 a lot some of these people that i talk to and communicate with they say charlie you're so alarmist you're so intense i the downfall no there's a lot of it there's a huge portion of america that believes this and um, that leaves what? This will pass? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I, de- I, I communicate with a lot of those people. And, and predominantly in suburban America, that you know, they, they don't want to necessarily get involved in the, in the culture war. Well, the culture they won't fight. be very suburban if Biden wins because that, he's going to put poor, poor, ha- poor people's housing in the suburbs. That's exactly right. Well, and there won't be any police. So that, let's see how that one will work yes, out. That's, that's right. Exactly. So, um, it's so Dennis. You talk about a lot your time in Russia, growing up as a, as a young man, and you smuggled Bibles, I believe, into Russia. If I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. I was uh, I, I was at 21 years old. I was sent into the Soviet Union by Israel. Uh, the Israeli government until 1967. It sent Israeli young people to smuggle in uh, religious items and to smuggle out names of Jews who wanted to leave. So it's somewhat dangerous, but I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not a hero. But it, but it, 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 I just I don't want to understate that it was you know it, it was somewhat risky behavior. But I once uh, after the Six Day War in 1967, the Soviets ended relations with Israel. So Israel sent Jews who were not Israeli. So I was an American Jew. They somehow they got my name at 21. I knew Russian and Hebrew, so I was like perfect 
the perfect candidate to send in. I went for four weeks and uh, that was obviously life shaping. And, and that's why I have been in public life, I guess, sort of like you. Uh, I have I have been in public life since the age of 21. Wow. So you, you saw a country under totalitarian communism. With, right. With no God and a completely different value system. The same. Right. They were all human beings, but they, they operated with almost a lower level of existence than they would in the West. Dennis, what is why is it that the Soviet Union and our and and the and how Lenin took power post Romanovs? Why why do you think specifically that is not taught in our school system? That is the number one piece of history that our young people have the least understanding about that has the most significance, I think, to what we're living through and also a lot so much applicability. At uh, at PragerU, there's a video. Uh, it's one I've given. I only give one out of ten. You've given, of course, for mm-hmm. PragerU. Uh, but uh, about no more than one out of ten I have given. And one of them is, why isn't communism as hated as Nazism? And uh, there's a reason. Because the left uh, is the is, is teaches uh, our history. Uh, they they're not interested in our knowing how evil left can be. They they only want to teach how evil right can be. Whether you call Nazism right or left is not a debate I want to get into now. It's, they call it right, so fine, uh, not fine, but it is what it is. But they don't teach left wing evil. That's that's the issue. So. Uh, I would be shocked if one out of a thousand people your age can identify the Gulag Archipelago. Yes, yes. By the way, I mean, even talking about uh, Nazism, I I wonder if one out of a hundred could identify Auschwitz. That That's correct. And the idea, the lessons of the 20th century we are eerily repeating of grouping people by their skin color. Uh, allowing the loudest, most charismatic demagogue to get the most attention. And I believe it, it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn that wrote the Gulag Archipelago, or was it Dostoevsky? It was Alexander Solzhenitsyn, yeah. And the that book, more so than any other, captures— it, it actually probably contributed more to the downfall of the Soviet Union than, right. than almost any other missile defense system did or any sort of military formations, because it was an honest assessment from within— the Soviet Union, as to how it fell and how it operated and eventually led to its fall. Uh, Dennis, outside of the Soviet Union, there's a lot of young people that watch this show and listen to this show. What is the one piece of history that you are saddened that they are not learning? That What is the one chapter in world or human history that you believe is not being taught? And because of that, we live in a less free America. So you're including all communist history? Uh, not necessarily. You're excluding? I, no, no, it's your call. Are you asking me outside of communist history? Yes, let's say that. Outside of the uh, communist history, what else okay, do you think is not being that is number. That is number one. That, uh, so, all right, what is number two? I mean, num- number two, although, I mean, in some ways, it, that would be number one, is the Bible. Uh, that, that, uh, that that is not taught uh, means that you are going to have... Uh, a generation with no wisdom and wisdom is more important than good intentions. Good intentions. Not only do, you know, is the road to hell paved with good intentions, but good intentions without wisdom necessarily leads to evil. 
not every person who was uh, protest, every person who was violent uh, is vi- is vile, but uh, not every protester is a bad person. The, the, a lot of these people mean well. They hate racism, which is I agree with them. I hate racism, so they they think they're doing good. They don't understand that Black Lives Matter uh, is as as dangerous as the Communist Party was in Russia in 1917. Uh, they, it hates America. It hates liberty. Uh, it hates Jews. By the way, anti-Semitism, Victor Davis Hanson wrote this week, and he's he's one of the giants of our time. Yes. Uh, and and uh, he, he wrote that uh, what you were going to see if Biden wins when the left takes over is a, a serious increase in anti-Semitism. And the thing to know about anti-Semitism is this. Always, there is no, I wrote a book on this called Why the Jews. Always. Anti-Semitism brings down the anti-Semites. Jews suffer the first, obviously, they're the, they're the target of the hatred. But there is no exception to anti-Semitism wrecking the anti-Semitic country. That's so so uh, it, it's always a symptom of the decline of a society when anti-Semitism rises. Always. It is the clearest sim- symptom you have. Yes. And it, it repeats itself. And a lot, and you, the book that you reference, and I remember flipping through it years ago. Someone gave me a copy of it. You, you talk about how the Jews are typically always, obviously, God-centered, and they believe in they believe in the law. They they work very hard, and because of that, a lot of people will gin up a lot of unnecessary and unwarranted resentment, and then try to organize forces. That's exactly why America is resented. In my book. It's interesting that I published the book a long time ago in my 30s. It's gone through, it's, it's been in print for all of these years, Why the Jews? But interestingly, the last edition, about 10, 15 years ago, the third edition, I wrote a chapter on how anti-Americanism is, is almost identical to anti-Semitism. And now it, 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 was, it turns out to be prophetic. America is hated for the same reasons, generally speaking, except for the theological ones, that Jews uh, were hated. Jews did well, and I don't mean just financially. Jew- Most Jews were never rich, but Jews had a stable family life. They, they, were, they were not involved uh, in, in violent crime. They, it was a stable, decent society, very little alcoholism, and they were resented. Uh, also, because they said they were the chosen people, America is resented for saying, "Oh, we're the last best hope." Yes, that's exactly right, and and there, there it's a lot of ways. It's the it's a an attack on any form of hierarchy or the pursuit of success is really right, where the right, left right. the left finds itself in. So, so Dennis, I want to ask you about something that you you said a lot on your fireside chats and on your radio program. And I was hope you could clear it up for me and for the audience. But first, I want to make sure that I get your position clear. Um, you've said many times that what people say privately um, really does not matter. It's how they act public. Can you say it? You say it better in your own words than I could. Yes. Th- this is an example of the uh, of the lack of wisdom in our society. Well, so and so said an anti-black, anti-Jewish, anti-whatever a sexist, misogynist comment privately, like the president thinking he was talking privately when he, of course, he wasn't president uh, with regard to women. 
It means nothing. It means nothing. I can't emphasize this strongly enough. Two things matter. What you say publicly and what you do, whether it's private or public. But what you say, in other words, there are four categories. What I say privately, what I say publicly, what I do privately, what I do publicly. What you do privately and publicly matters. What you say publicly matters. What you say privately doesn't matter. Harry Truman referred to Jews as kikes regularly. And he was the man who recognized Israel first in the world against the whole State Department. They hated him for recognizing the Jewish state. He was the greatest friend the Jews ever had and privately used kike. What the hell do I care? I even wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal. You could, you, you, you could Google it. And uh, I wrote it in the 1990s defending Hillary Clinton against charges of anti-Semitism because they said, oh, she said this privately. It's not about what do I care? Nixon said things against the Jews privately. He saved Israel's life in the 1973 war. This, you have to allow people a vent. Everything that I say or you say or any human being says privately. What, what, so what if we put in a microphone for pillow talk? What a man said to his wife uh, at midnight in bed. Are, are we going to use that against them? What, the left would. The left would definitely. Oh, you know what Senator so-and-so said to his wife? We got a recording of it. And that, that's how foolish we are. It's a it's a mark of an immature society is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I guess my question is then, Dennis, would you support because uh, conservatives a lot of times now in the last couple of years, we have done a lot of undercover journalism. There's been a lot of people that have found private remarks, even Hillary Clinton's deplorable comments. It was not supposed to be leaked publicly. It was to a private fundraiser that a lot of people you know, made popular. Um, do you see any do you see any issue with that of conservatives leaning well, in on it too much? Talk, when you talk to an audience, that's not private. OK, she thought so, I guess so she thought that, she was in private. But yeah, I, I suppose. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, what if you think you're in private? We're a thousand people. That's at, true. at what point yeah. does privacy kick in? Normally, we think of privacy is with one or two friends yes. or one or two people in a room. But if you tell an audience, look, I speak before audiences uh, I always assume it's going to get out. Well, I mean, the, a, a better example would be the acorn example, right? Remember? Yes. The, you know what? Yes. And it, it, the look, I, I am torn on this issue. It is a very fair question you ask. The, the, the only thing that matters is, are they revealing policies, not emotions? Mm. It's none mm. of my business if somebody at Google can't, uh, hopes all conservatives die. That is not my business. But if they say, well, you know what? The, the truth is we at Google are trying to do everything possible to suppress conservative thought. That strikes me as newsworthy. There's one thing that everyone needs to know about home security systems. It's that criminals are on the loose. They're looting. They're killing. They're doing awful things. And home security companies, most of them trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a no-brainer. Protect what you love. That's what I've done at all my property. There are criminals just a couple blocks from me. They're breaking into homes. They're stealing items. They're doing evil things. And guess what? We got Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. 
It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailed specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required, and there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, and no fine print. All starts $15 a month. What is your dog, your home, your family worth to you? I'm sure it's worth more than $15 a month, and simplysafe.com slash Charlie's the place to go. And we're not the only ones who think Simply Safe is great. U.S. News World Report named it the best overall home security system in 2020. Try simplysafe.com slash Charlie and get free shipping and a 30 day risk free trial. There's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Charlie. So um, I think we can agree that America is going through some form of a conflict. Dennis, you've called this an American civil war. In fact, you've called it for many years a civil war. Uh, do you think that it might what we're experiencing now is still a civil war or is it more a revolutionary war where they want to destroy the country that preexisted them and build something new? For example, when Robespierre tried to take you know, power in the French Revolution, we called it a revolutionary war, not the French Civil War. Uh, you, so do you think that this is now more a revolutionary aspect and less a civil conflict? Well, it, if it's a revolutionary war within a society and not against an outside force, then by definition, you have both civil war and a revolution. But this is actually not a revolution. It is a revolution, but it's really a counter revolution. Mm. It, it, it's against the American revolution. So you could call it whatever you want, but it, it is it is a revolution, a counter revolution and a civil war. But I've said this was the second civil war, as you pointed out, for many years, way before what's going on now. But I've always, I've always. Otto. No, that's Snoopy. Otto never barks. If Otto barks, it means that, you know, there's a grenade being thrown into the house. Otto is very calm. Uh, But uh, the. The point that I've often made was uh, there is a civil war in America, but only one side is fighting. Mm. That's what has always bothered me. Conservatives don't fight back. Some are. Certainly the president has been. Uh, but and, 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 and a handful, I, you know, I, uh, Ted Cruz does. Uh, that, but generally speaking, conservatives are not fighters. Yes. So that goes to my next question. What do you think has been the greatest failure of conservatives of the last couple of decades? It seems conservatives had a huge amount of political power post Reagan. Uh, we had a majority of the country believe that this is a generally decent country. And now we do. We no longer have any of those sorts of successes in a lot of different ways. You know, we have a generation that has been taught to hate America. What has been the greatest failure of the conservative movement? The, it emanates from right after World War II. The traditional American, if you call a person conservative, if you will, did not teach their children what America stands for. They, they assumed that just as they loved America and they loved liberty and they loved the flag, their kids would. No value, no good values are passed from generation to generation without effort. The effort that the babe, that the, what is called the greatest generation, the World War II generation, the effort that they made was to provide their kids with everything they didn't have, namely peace and money. 
monetary security. And they gave them that by and large. And when I began lecturing at your age, I looked at audiences and said, and said, you know, you've given my generation everything you didn't have, but you haven't given my generation everything you did have. Mm. Wow. I, I think that's well put. And as a, as an extension of that, you know, my, my parents and my generation was taught even to a lesser extent about what America meant because we were being taught by the people that were never taught what America meant. And so it has a... Well, well at worst, you, you were taught by people who, who loathed what America That's meant. exactly right. It's the opposite of it. Yes. And now, you're, now we're living through the consequences of that. So, Dennis, one of the most um, famous things that PragerU has been engaged in was your lawsuit against Google. Uh, I think that you aptly pointed out as this is one of the most important issues of our time uh, when Prager sued Google. I think the issue has only gotten worse in the last 18 months since your your litigation started and all the tech elites and the tech giants. And I know that you guys are constantly fighting that battle. Should conservatives favor uh, government Sherman, Sherman antitrust action against these companies? Because I'm starting to believe that that should probably become a a let's just say, option on the table. Of course. The, uh, again, your, your viewers can watch me testify in the U.S. Senate uh, subcommittee. And I said in, in, my, in my remarks that uh, the people ignore largely what PragerU has suffered at the hands of YouTube, owned by Google. But I said... One day you will say they came after the conservatives and I did nothing. And then they came after me and there was no one left to speak up for me. Mm -hmm. It was a play on a very famous statement about the Nazis. Uh, so now the left, is, which always happens, it eats its own. So, uh, you know, uh, with the, the Me Too uh, excesses, uh, so you have Al Franken who, you know, who was a big gung-ho fan of Me Too and, and, and you know, all, all the feminists and women always believe a woman. And, you know, the guy was removed for, for very nebulous reasons. Well, was there a picture of him uh, jokingly with his hands on, on, on a model of a breast or yes. something or, or something to that effect? I mean, give me a break. This is this is in the realm of evil. Correct. I mean, I, I mean, you know. Uh, there is, there is, this is, by the way, you'll, I will admit, this is an argument I've had with my, my closest allies, which is evangelical Protestants, who uh, for years, of, uh, not all by any means, but, but evangelical callers would call my show, because I do shows not just on the news, and I have an ultimate issues hour, talk often about religion, and I, I always have held there are gradations of sin, and and many Christian callers would call me and say, no, 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 in God's eyes, all sin is is equal. And I say, what? Well, so you think that God believes molesting a child and stealing a stapler from the office are equivalent? That's right. They're both rebellions against God. So I throw up my hands and I, I would just think God looks foolish if you say that. God is really as disturbed by a stapler being stolen as he is by a child being a seven-year-old child being molested. Same thing with, with what happens to a woman. Then there's rape, 
And then there's a joke of a guy with his hands on, 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 on the woman's breast or on the model of her body. I don't even remember, was it real or a picture? I mean, my God, you can't see, you can't see the difference. This is all lumped in with sexual, sexual attack. Uh, I mean, and, and I can't stand Al Franken. He's a, he's a moron, in my opinion. Yes. A bona fide moron. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it, it was a good example of, well, first they came after the conservatives, and then they started eating the, 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 the liberals. Yes. And so... Anyway, so, so to answer your question, this notion of, well, private enterprise has free speech, that's like saying the, the utilities can do whatever they want with your electricity. What if what if the utilities decided to say, your, your local uh, gas company or electrical uh, power company, you know what, we will not provide electricity to conservatives. Hey, it's a, it's a private company. Why, why would you say, wait, you can't do that? Why? It's, yeah. a, free, it's, a, it's a private company. They, why is this any different? They, uh, Google supplies the, the roadway to, to the internet like your power company supplies the roadway to power. And, and so I, I think we've reached that breaking point where you can no longer protect free expression in our country in the First Amendment if tech companies don't want to allow that to happen. I think we're really— Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the tech companies are more powerful than the government in certain sense. I really do believe uh, that. Certainly with regard to information, there's no comparison. Yes. So, so Dennis, you, uh, you talk about a lot, and I actually, I was listening to one of your fireside chats where you talked about a fun kind of mini-series you did with Jason Alexander, and I actually watched it. It was terrific on YouTube. Are they, they are terrific. Uh, the, the, you know, for goodness it, sake. Yeah. Did you see For Goodness Sake 2? No, I didn't. I only saw the oh, first there one. Is, there's a for, yes, there's For Goodness Sake 2, which is so appropriate. I did it with Larry Elder. It is so appropriate. It is about race. I have to check it out. The first one, yeah. it, it was funny. It was in your interview with Alan Estrin, I think, that you guys, that's where you guys met, is actually over the... Right idea of that that project so you talk a lot about creating good people and creating happy people uh the book is happiness is a serious problem i i believe is was the the title of it i want to make sure i get that correct yes that's correct um there's a lot of young people that that listen to this podcast that we get emails from that struggle with living a good life and finding meaning and we try to be more than just a political podcast to them can you just give a very short version i know it doesn't do it justice of what some applicable piece of advice, or at least just pique their curiosity so they'll pursue your book further? Well, the book, the book on happiness has a chapter on meaning, but it is about happiness. Uh, if you want meaning, then obviously my Bible commentary, uh, the, uh, the rational Bible, uh, I, I really, I beg people to read, which is, you know, it's all, it's, I'm a, I have a lot of dignity and I hate begging people to anything, but I, I know it will change. Look, there are over there are over a thousand reviews. It's the best-selling Bible commentary in America, and and atheists read it. It's called the Rational Bible. So for, for the question of meaning, but I, I I could put it in a sentence. This is what has animated me. Okay, this uh, that it will or will not animate another. I fully recognize there are different ways of finding meaning in life. Uh, I. My basic core belief is there is a God and God wants us to be good. That's, that's, that has always been my single biggest belief. Goodness is very hard to achieve on a personal level and certainly on a societal level, which is why I'm so angry at the left because they are crushing 
the best society thus far made. And uh, that idea that, I, that God wants me to be as good as I could be, not an angel. I, I am never, I'm not interested in producing saints, just decent, good people. And uh, that doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean saintly, just good. That has animated me. It has animated me to get married, make a family, uh, have it have a religious community, in my case, a synagogue every Saturday. These are life-filling things. That America has allowed me to do this is one of the reasons I'm so grateful to America. You were not allowed to do this in the Soviet Union or in communist China. The, the, this this it's a different it's a different world. And uh, what what we have today is obvious. People do not have meaning. Uh, as I as I have uh, I have an equation. I have a lot of equations. This one is secularism plus affluence equals boredom. Bored people do a lot of damage, mm. and they, you're never so bored as in a quarantine. So uh, it, it is. This is the worst possible circumstance. The bored are rioting. Yes, uh, and so Dennis, let's let's expound on this. You called the lockdown one of the greatest mistakes in American history, or the in greatest world, in world history. Can you elaborate? So I agree. Yes. You know, there's a giant. We live. We bathe in lies. America is, is racist, systemically racist, a lie. Uh, the, the Russian collusion was a lie. I mean, we just bathe in lies. So here's an example of what they don't even realize they're lying. As a result of the uh, of uh, of the pandemic, tens of millions of people are are out of work. No, it's not a result of the pandemic. It's a result of the quarantine. It's a result of the lockdown. Yes. Sweden didn't lock down. Sweden never closed its schools. I don't know if there was one kid who died or one teacher who died. And by the way, let us say one kid will die. One kid will die. More than one kid will die in a car crash going to school. Should we not go to school? Well, actually, we shouldn't. We should have homeschooling. But, but if you're going to go to school, you can drive. Yes. There are risks in life. The, the damage that this has done, we don't even, we're not even beginning to understand because the government is cushioning the damage to many people's lives because of the checks it sent out. Yes. But who's going who's gonna to pay $20 trillion in debt? Our you, generation. Your generation. And it, it, it is an, an economic albatross. I don't see how you will get out of, frankly. And then, of course, your generation believes, oh, have the government even pay more, pay for my college. With yes. what? Yes. Monopoly money? Well, I'll tell you, Dennis, if I wanted the destruction of America, I would want to destroy the purchasing power of the currency, get people addicted to government benefits, get 30 million people out of work. That's right. Yes. Oh, th th this plays into their hands. There's no question. Why is it that Democratic government governors keep the states uh, shut down and Republican open them up? The, the de there are two reasons. Democrats, as you move left, you are more scared of life and more scared of death. Uh, and the other reason is political. The, the, the worse off the country is, the better the chance of defeating Trump in November. Yes. Well, and also, so it's interesting. Here's a domestic example. South Dakota, the only state not to fully shut down, 
thanks to Governor Christy Nome, lowest unemployment rate in the country, $19 million surplus. Uh, they have the lowest death rate per capita in the country. They have almost they have lower unemployment in certain parts of the state than ever before because cheap labor is not being brought in. And they they, they get this, Dennis. They were sent a billion dollars by the federal government, and Governor Nome tried to return it, and they wouldn't take it. So she's decided just to spend it on economic development all across her state. And what's interesting is that many of these states could have treated their rural counties like South Dakota. You have, so you have to understand is that, you know, Ven- so California could have had many of their states as many South Dakotas that could have been very sane. Instead, they tried, they locked everything down all at once. And we've seen how that that has worked. And it has. I, I, I love that woman. She loves liberty. She does. She does. No, she's articulate. She loves liberty. Loves liberty is enough. But she she's really terrific. I I. I, I I, I hope she runs for president one day. Yeah, I do too. So in cl- a couple of minutes left here, Dennis, but this kind of goes to a question that I have that I've been struggling with. And you know Russian history very well, and you know the Cultural Revolution. I'm afraid that we as conservatives have focused too much on on the cultural reason as to why we're losing the country and not enough on the economic. Because you just, you just articulated that when you have people that basically are just being subsidized by the government and have very little invested future in what tomorrow will bring or the next year will bring, they're ripe for a revolution. And I think that if we as conservatives think the only reason as as to why our country is declining is because all the cultural institutions have been taken over and not because of the real material economic downfall, I think it's an incomplete picture. And I think the Russian example is interesting in 1917, because as they were trying to industrialize their economy, I think that they, they didn't manage that correctly. And they, they had a citizenry that was more ripe for a revolution in the urban center than not. What do you make of that, Dennis? Do you think that there is an economic component to this? Or do you think that that is probably you know, not as significant of a, contrib- of a contributing factor? Well, there is, there's a huge economic component. And the issue is, but the issue is a cultural value called liberty. When, when they're 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 indivisible the if you are if you are if you honor good values you do not allow people to receive money for not working yes that is a bad value it it harms the recipient and it harms the society so they're indivisible. The American dream was I take care of me first. I take care of my family second. I take care of my community third. America was remarkably successful in doing that. So successful that what the left does is it takes the success of the right and then it creates socialism from it. Socialism has never produced a penny of wealth. All wealth has been produced by the free market. All. There is no exception. All socialism does is take the money from the free market and take control of it and and use it to embellish its own power in the name, of course, of helping people. Who doesn't want to help people? Right. The, but the question is, how do you help people? And the, in, in Judaism, there are, I forgot, I think six levels of charity. And the the highest level is enabling, giving a person a loan or or charity 
to start his own business. That is the highest level of charity. This was developed a thousand years ago before capitalism by Maimonides, the greatest Jewish philosopher. Incredible. Last question, Dennis. Can you uh, can you paint what a picture looks like if the left takes power? You've lived in these countries. You've traveled the world. I think you've been to 100 plus right. countries. What happens if they win? 130. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to be sorry. Uh, look, we're, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we're getting a picture of what it will look like right now. If you if you if you say on your Twitter account, Twitter feed, or your Facebook page that you believe there's only one race, the human race, you are depersoned. You're you're gone. Your kids may hate you. If you say America is the best country that was ever made with all its flaws, you're doomed. I mean, do you realize all it takes now? In one day, Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints went from, listen, I, I don't think we should be able, the flag is the flag. That's This is this is our uniting treasure. We, we revere the flag. The next day, oh, oh, I now that I've talked to people, I fully understand that, of course, you'd want to take the knee and not stand for the national anthem. So now whole teams aren't standing for the national anthem. I don't know how anybody could watch a football, basketball, or baseball game now. The entire San Francisco Giants at an exhibition game just now, uh, to the best of my, including the manager, took a knee. Let's all rise for the national anthem, except for the players. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, it's not sustainable. I'm, I'm afraid that if this continues, a national divorce is imminent, and I don't want that to happen. I don't. But it's... Well, that's right. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, ha I have entertained in my mind, as it were, uh, the idea of a conservative states of America mm -hmm. and a leftist states of America. And in 50 years, let's see who thrives. Yeah. And what you would have in that, let's just say, somewhat theoretical exercise, you'd have all the you'd have a brain drain from the liberal states go to the conservative states. And yeah. And then they, and then they would vote liberal again. That's right. Exactly That's, right. That, 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 because everything the left touches, it destroys. That's right. This is, this is one of the mottos of life. Yes, it's an awfully depressing one, but it's very true. Dennis, anything you want to plug that our audience can support you, your, your Bible commentary? In particular, yeah, that's really big because even if you don't give a damn about the Bible, if you give a damn about life, it's it's in there. Um, uh, it's called the Rational Bible. Two of the first five volumes are out. Third volume is next year. And if you want to understand the left, still the best hope. You want to be happy. Happiness is a serious problem. And of course, there's all always PragerU, where we're. Uh, we're doing a lot of good work and touching a lot of people yes, and you like you are. I mean, you know, uh, TP USA and, and us, we're, uh, we're not the last best hopes of the last best hope, but we're among the last best. We're pretty hopes close of the to last it. It's pretty close yeah. to it. One, the few fighters, there's few organizations that fight and it's great for you and turning point USA That's and, Dennis, That's you've right. been a hero of mine, and I learn from you all the time. So thank you for that, thank you. and thank you for being so generous with your time. Appreciate it. My joy. What a great conversation that was with Dennis Prager. Please consider joining Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. 
Turning Point USA is the nation's largest conservative student organization on over 2,000 high school and college campuses across the country, fighting for freedom, liberty, and American exceptionalism at tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Please consider supporting our program at charliekirk.com slash support. It is charliekirk.com slash support. And email us your thoughts. Subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show. Take out your phone. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.